It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Washington lost to the Dallas Cowboys 27-20. to 20. We talk about how it happened, what it means, and we go hunting for the good stuff as we identify signs of life for the future opportunities that still lay ahead right now on the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. You are Locked On Washington Football Team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Washington football team, the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm David Harrison, writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. He is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Mentor show on the Team 980, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time and on the Odyssey app. We thank you for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we are on Twitter at WrestleMania621, at DHarrison82, and at LockedWFTPod. In the process of losing to the Dallas Cowboys by 27 to 20, they also lost center, starting center for now, with Chase Rullier on the on the IR, Tyler Larson, who had to be carted off the field, and quarterback Taylor Heineke. And we're going to lead off the conversation here because, Chris, the quarterback is the most important position on the field. We saw this team lose their starting quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, in the first quarter of the first game. Then came in Taylor. He has since become, obviously, the starting quarterback. And with Ryan Fitzpatrick having season-ending surgery, will remain the starting quarterback. But now, for the last four games of the season, with everything on the line, perhaps the team may have lost Taylor. But do you think it's it's that extreme right now? Or do you think that we're uh, I, I am right now, for the, in, for the purposes of introing this segment, are being a little hyperbolic. Yeah, well, I listen, I think it's obviously important that you lose anytime you lose your starting quarterback, right? And he did not return. Now, after the game, uh, David, as I sit here at FedEx Field, Ron Rivera said basically he didn't think it was a serious thing, you know, but he would have to get checked out now. I mean, when they get an MRI done Monday morning, I mean, they could find out something more that they don't think uh, is correct. So, I mean, anytime the starting quarterback, again, is injured, doesn't return, it's a big thing. The question is, will he be ready to go for next Sunday in Philadelphia? And that is something we're just not going to have the answer for, at least until Wednesday when we see who takes the first team reps in practice. And I would assume it would be Kyle Allen. And that sets us up for a drama-filled week. But until we have that, yeah, it's a big question. And it's a big issue, even though Taylor Heineke played awful. And I mean dreadful on Sunday. There's just no other way to say it. And and so did, by the way, a lot of other people. It's not just Taylor Heineke. David, he's still the starting quarterback. And and that's what Coach Rivera said during the press conference. You know, he was asked, uh, he was asked once, you know, basically what, you know, the status of Taylor Heineke was. And he said, you know, like you said, it's kind of wait and see type of situation. Then he was asked by another reporter, you know, if if Taylor is the starting moving forward when he comes out or if he's healthy and Ron, you know, very definitively, like, we, we know that Ron Rivera doesn't like to give away a whole lot, uh, and there's certain reasons for that, obviously, that a head coach has uh, in his arsenal, but very definitively said, if Taylor's healthy, he's the starting quarterback. So I think that's something, and I know during the game, we saw moments where people were tweeting, you know, bring in Kyle Allen. I know, you know, Kyle came in for the one play when Taylor left with, you know, a little bit hobbled, uh, ran for 11 yards on that play, actually became Washington's leading rusher at that time, which I thought was amazing. Um, and there were people who said, leave Kyle in the game at that point and basically bench Taylor, 
Taylor obviously comes back in and then leaves again with this injury. Um, yeah, the, the up and down performance, Taylor Heineke continues. We're going to get more into that some more as well. Uh, not just today, but I'm sure we're going to talk about it even more tomorrow. And I feel like we, we're probably going to have some voicemails coming based off of what we say about Heineke's performance and the team's performance. Does it make that big of a difference, quite honestly, if they go to Philadelphia with Taylor Heineke or uh, Kyle Allen? And, and again, that might sound like a dumb and, and, and needless question. In their mind, I mean, obviously, Heineke was more prepared to play and start and has been the starter. I don't know if you have, like, mathematically a better chance, honestly, with Taylor Heineke over Kyle Allen. There's no way to really calculate it. So, you know, as we as we process this, I don't think this is like losing Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and, and the kind of blow that that was. I think these two quarterbacks, honestly, are probably about neck and neck. And I think the reason why it was Heineke versus Kyle Allen uh, in week one is, is because Kyle Allen still wasn't 100% healthy. Maybe it would have been different. Remember, they chose Kyle Allen to trade for him, a fifth-round pick, over Taylor Heineke when they were putting this roster together uh, in Ron's first offseason. I think when you look at the two quarterbacks from a talent perspective, right, the, I think the obvious separator between the two is going to be Taylor Heineke's athletic ability versus Kyle Allen's ability. And it's, it's not like Kyle is just a, you know, a statue back there just waiting to be sacked like a Joe Flacco was. But I think it's very clear that Heineke is the more athletic quarterback and kind of just a faster long speed uh, and all that stuff. Now, the, the thing about that is that Taylor doesn't use that ability, you know, uh, as often. And I think that, you know, sometimes Taylor basically is trying too hard not to go downfield, not to get the hit. So he tries to throw the ball and wants to be that quarterback. And there are a myriad of of potential, you know, trickle down effects from that. When you look at what they're willing to use and how they're willing to execute the offense, yeah, I don't, I don't know that there's that much of a drop off. In fact, in some aspects of the game, uh, it, it may actually benefit the Washington football team offense to have Kyle Allen out there uh, if he's not going to have such a gunslinger mentality, such a force the ball into four or five people mm. in coverage type of mentality, uh, which is what we saw in, in part of this game, Chris. And, and obviously, we have a lot more to talk about with this game moving into the next segment. Absolutely. I, I would just add one quick thing. Kyle Allen is sneaky athletic, though. You know, it's not like he's and you kind of said it. He's not a statue. And actually, that got him injured the first time here in Washington against the Los Angeles Rams. So that's something to just keep an eye on and to remember. Uh, guys, we have a question for you. Does it sound familiar to you if you've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your cell phone. And then you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I don't know what the good stuff is, but maybe you do. Well, we want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Again, that's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms, along with David Harrison. You can follow him on Twitter at DHarrison82. Read him on SI.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell here at FedEx Field after the Washington football team drops to 6-7 and seven with a 27-20 loss uh, to the Dallas Cowboys. So we dig right into this game, and I want to say it was a story of two halves. It was, in a way, uh, certainly the Washington football team obviously was brutal in the first half and and didn't score, Um, but it took them even a while in the second half half to get going. Um, You had the big Cam Sims touchdown catch and throw from Taylor Heineke. Initially, they didn't call it a touchdown. I thought he's got it, but I couldn't tell if he had complete possession of it from the angles that I saw, but they ultimately overturn it. And that certainly kickstarted the offense a little bit. Even after that, David, they had a defensive stop and then Antonio Gibson fumbles again. And it's like every time this team would do something positive and they would like kind of, I guess, hurt themselves with a penalty, with a turnover. And that ultimately cost them this game. I mean, they lose 27 to 20. 20 points is nothing special. It's a little bit higher than what they've been putting up the last couple of games. But I mean, ultimately, they should have probably had at least 24. And there were so many things that they did to shoot themselves in the foot in this game. Yeah, and that and you know, and really that kind of started from from the very beginning of the game. I mean, you, you look early on, Taylor Heineke was off target. There was one specific uh pass that he tried to get to Curtis Samuel, would have given the Washington football team offense a first down. He overshoots him over, you know, tries to lead him towards the sideline, throws the ball way too far out towards the sideline. And Curtis Samuel, one of the fastest guys on the field, still can't get uh, to that football, and that just kind of kicked off the inaccuracies. Honestly, Chris, for me, it looked like the it looked like the stage was too big uh, for this Washington football team, and not necessarily on defense. I'm really looking at the offense. Uh, I just it, it looked like the stage was just too big for this team. They weren't ready for a matchup of this caliber with all the hype coming into it and the excitement coming into it. I mean, you look at you know uh, my, you know Coach McCarthy and his comments. Or, like Coach McCarthy really didn't say anything that you don't really hear from a lot of, of, of head coaches from a week-in, week-out base. Like, you ask any any NFL head coach uh, around the league whether or not they expect their team to win, they're going to say, yes, they expect their team to win. Now, the difference here is that McCarthy kind of volunteered the comments, right? He, he wasn't really asked uh, the comments, and uh, you know, like, do you expect your team to win? He kind of just came out and said that he expects his team to win, so I think that gave it a little bit of a different shine. But I think we can be honest here. If this is Cowboys and Jets, like, I don't think that comment gets run up the flagpole as as well as it did and as much as it did uh, in the week leading up to this game. But this is Cowboys and this is Washington and this is uh, the history between the two. And and the Dallas Cowboys came out looking to to make a statement and whether that was, uh, you know, to support their coach or whatever it was the, the Dallas Cowboys came out. Jimmy Johnson on the Fox pregame show uh, was asked about, you know, being a coach and making a comment like that. And he said, listen, if you do it early in the week. You give your opponent a lot of time to prepare for you and a little bit more motivation. If you do it later in the week, really it's kind of a call to your guys to challenge and motivate them. 
Mike McCarthy made the statements on Thursday, so obviously later on uh, in the week, and that's what Jimmy said. He's like, this is, this is something, and Dak Prescott appreciated the comments. He got excited when he got asked about them. Uh, and this team came out looking to prove a point on the road against the division rival to say that they are the, the supreme team uh, in the NFC East. And I just I don't think that this Washington roster, uh, and it's not really a dig on the coaching staff, I just don't think they were ready for the moment. I don't think uh, that they understood what they were walking into. I don't think that they, and when they got into the mix of the game, um, from the quarterback down, I think that it, it showed that they weren't quite understanding of the environment they were going to walk into. It befuddles me how you could not be ready for the moment, right? I like. Do you really? I, and I'm I'm asking this rhetorically. I mean, do you think really that was it that they weren't ready, or were they just? Because here's why I ask that, right? You know, the first drive they bent and didn't break they allow a field goal right now you know so, so i thought the crowd was into it i thought the defense you know ultimately settled down force a field goal then on dallas the second offensive series david they get a yeah. turnover and you think oh okay and they should have had a turnover actually on the first drive kendall fuller yeah. dropped an interception on the second drive they get the turnover that they're looking for and you think oh now we have momentum but then they turn it yeah. right back over again so is that just not being ready or is that or or, or the moment yeah. being too big or is that just simply not executing as cleanly as they had over the last yeah. 4 weeks and obviously playing a better team, a better opponent in the Dallas Cowboys, who got a huge couple of lifts in Neville Gallimore, Randy Gregory, uh, Demarcus Lawrence last week to go along with Micah Parsons, to go along with uh, the kid that had obviously uh, the um, uh, the 37-year-old uh, you know, fumble return. I, I mean, so to me, it w- I don't know if it was, oh, they weren't ready for the spotlight. I don't I, – I, they weren't ready to me to play this type of talent or this type of team that was clicking on all cylinders. Remember Dallas had a couple of extra days off to prepare and got guys back Washington missing Casey Two Hill. We found that out Sunday morning, missing James Smith Williams. We found that out Saturday. They were supposed to get Montez sweat back. And obviously that didn't happen because of going on COVID protocols. Now you have to wonder, are all three of those connected because they, they play in the same. So you know, we were hopefully they were going to get JD McKissick back. They didn't. They did get Landon Collins back, but they didn't get JD back. You know, so I mean, all of these things almost conspired against them. And maybe it sounds like I'm making excuses, but I actually thought like early on, ah, you know what? The, you know, and, and overall, big picture, the defense, I don't think played that badly. I think a lot of Dallas's you know, a, a lot of Dallas's damages damage, quite honestly, came off of turnovers. Yeah, I mean, I'm, look, I'm talking offense. Like the defense played fine. The defense played right. well enough to get a win against one of the most potent offenses in the National Football League. Like bottom line, the the, the Washington Football Team defense gave up 17 points in this game because you got the touchdown that came off of the the immediate tur- the, the takeaway the strip sack. That's seven points right off the board right right. there that you can't put on the defense. And then you have another turnover that the defense comes out and stops the Dallas offense from progressing the ball really any further. They settle for a field goal. So that's 10 points right there. You have 17 total points coming off of turnovers, but the other touchdown Dallas got the ball in the Washington 41, obviously not a good scenario, right? So I don't like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to execute the defense over something like that, but there's nothing that says you have to give up a touchdown there. So they end up giving up a touchdown. I'm going to put down the defense, but either way, even with that touchdown given to the defense, this defense gave up 17 points. And then, 
Uh, you look earlier on in the game. So I'm talking offense here, and I'm talking Taylor Heineke. And you look at the offensive line. We've seen this offensive line play up against defensive lines. Maybe not to quite this caliber, but at the same time, you have a defensive line that because of all those pieces returning, they haven't played together. So they're a little bit discombobulated in the beginning, but they get in their groove really quickly because the Washington offensive line isn't able to knock them off their spot, isn't able to give guys like Antonio Gibson room to run, room to operate. They're getting pressure on Taylor Heineke quickly, and he's not making the right decisions under that pressure. They're not getting Terry McLaurin involved. Curtis Samuels in what his third or fourth game of the season. DeAndre Carter is in the middle of a surprise season for everybody. I mean, Adam Humphreys is basically your main target out there, and it's the first time he's been a primary target in NFL game in yep. years. So you just you have a lot of players that basically don't have the experience in this type of an environment in this type of a scenario. And I think it did. I think it caught them by surprise and then caught them off guard. And then when the Dallas Cowboys came out and hit them in the mouth, it just made it a little bit worse, which is why I think in the second half, you see the offense do a little bit better. I still don't think they did well enough to win the game with Heineke or Allen in at quarterback. I think the defense really carried the day. And the reason you have this team, even with a chance of a comeback win is because of the defense. Well, ab absolutely. And, 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 the offense clearly is where the, the problem was. I'll, I'll just go back to that first series uh, real quickly. We're already past 20 minutes. Um, you know, they came break. out throwing. Oh, oh okay. Um, okay. I didn't see that. Sorry. Um, all right. So, all right. So the, the offense, clearly the problem on Sunday over the defense. There's no denying that. Now, how they get better, that's obviously what we've got to figure out throughout the week. We'll have more analysis, including including our plays of the game and our players of the game coming up right here on the Lockdown Washington football team podcast as the WFT dropped to six and seven on the year. Guys, this holiday season, how about some built bars? Yeah, put them in your stockings, get them for your significant other, get one, a box, two boxes, three boxes for you. Why? Because they're delicious and healthy. So many different flavors, whether you like raspberry or mint brownie, that's David's favorite, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or my favorite, peanut butter brownie, whatever you like and whatever flavor you like. Plus, Built uh, Bar is coming out with new flavors all the time uh, and rotating seasonal items. So when you go to Built.com, you might find a flavor that we haven't told you about. Get it. Try it. They're all delicious. Built Bar is going to give you that extra extra fuel while you're battling holiday shoppers uh, and while you're dealing with holiday parties and family get togethers so that you don't touch those terrible for you desserts. Go to built.com right now and use the promo code locked 15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Today's episode of locked on Washington football team podcast also brought to you by bet online. AG, who has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues their march to the playoffs with your Washington football team still holding on to a playoff seed. If the playoffs were to start today, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your sports action this season. Head to the new updated website on your phone or desktop device. Sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just by using the promo code locked on. Whether you're looking for basketball, football, hockey, boxing, UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Wrapping up this episode of the Locked on Washington football team podcast following your Washington football team's 27 to 20 loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Their first opportunity to get into 
the positive record uh, positioning, unfortunately, not able to make it happen against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. However, all is not lost. There is more to come this season. Obviously, Washington is far from out of any race, including the playoff and the divisional race. David Harrison and Chris Russell here with you on Twitter at dharrison82 at WrestleMania621, the show at Locked WFT Pod. Now, Chris, it wasn't all bad, right? Obviously, this team loses by a touchdown. Uh, they only give up three points in the second half, and they score 20. So some good had to have come from this game, especially the second half. And and in all things being considered, when you're talking about moving into the rest of your season, you're talking about four more divisional games, the division title still potentially on the line. Now we'll have to see what happens with the Cowboys as well. They obviously control their own destiny uh, as far as the division title is concerned, but there is a world here where this, this, these two teams could be meeting up in two weeks for a similar type of scenario uh, on the line. And this team, if they lose from this experience, if they lose, if they learn from this experience, could definitely benefit from this. And again, this thing is far from over. So let's talk a little bit about how that happened and do that in the scope of identifying first our plays of the game. All right, I'm going to start with, um, you know, the the unquestioned play of the game from an offensive perspective from Washington because it weren't, like we said, many of those. So uh, I'll take the easy one, the low hanging fruit here. Again, the Cam Sims touchdown catch, 43 yards, middle of the third quarter. And again, it completely woke up a sleepy offense, sleepy stadium uh, outside of the Cowboy fans because there was plenty of those here uh, on Sunday. Uh, But the 43-yard touchdown catch, again, originally ruled not a touchdown. David, I thought, again, on replay, the first replay I saw, I thought he got um, you know, basically one knee down, his definite foot down. Uh, then I thought he kind of rolled over and hit another knee. So I thought that they were, I thought it was a touchdown basically when I looked at, but they called it not a touch. Usually you have to have clear and precise evidence to overturn it. And then the more replays I kept looking at, I was like, are they going to say he didn't have possession? Are they going to say, you know, some weird wonky NFL rule that I, I just can't figure out. And, and that's why, you know, not no visual proof or not enough visual proof or whatever. So I was a little bit surprised when they actually overturned the call and called it for a touchdown. And again, that woke the fan base up that woke the stadium up from a Washington perspective. And it was a huge play and kudos to Cam Sims who obviously should be involved more and why he's not necessarily involved more. I I don't know other than, well, I mean, they, you know, other than he's not the most fast guy, but you see that that ability to to climb the ladder and to be tough and to be physical. Uh, he was a big factor for them down the stretch last year in really the second half of the season. So hopefully this is the start of something big for Cam Sims and whoever the quarterback is. Yeah, that was obviously a good play. And I'm not gonna lie, I thought he was out of bounds when he came down with it. I thought it was a good good pass. And and listen, I had just sent a tweet from the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. Uh, feed that that basically roasted Taylor Heineke. So to see him come back with that kind of a throw after hitting some shorter throws, uh, definitely wanted to give him some praise for that, but I was worried the Sims was out of bounds. Turns out that he landed in great, great play by both men. Honestly, the ball was put in a very good spot, uh, per, a great read and single coverage. And, and I, I always give credit to quarterbacks who aren't afraid to challenge some of the best defensive backs in the national football league, especially in single coverage. Give your guy a chance to go make a play. He did that. And Cam Sims came down with it. Also making plays for this team, Cole Holcomb. Uh, and the pick six is, is going to be my play of the game. Uh, look, we, we, I think we're all doing I was wrapping up a, an article for SI.com about this team losing this game. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have to change it because they still did lose the game. But I kind of said, there's like, oh, maybe I got to change the way this thing is formatted. And that would be a great experience. I, I would be more than happy to do that if I had to. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out. But the Cole Holcomb pick six, being aware 
uh, being agile in coverage, getting underneath the route, reading the quarterback, getting the ball, tucking it away, executing the play, uh, gave this team a fighting chance near the end of the game, and that's all you can ask for from your defense. And he's also my player of the game. He was my predicted player of the game. I predicted a pick six out of him. So, I mean, let's just stay on the Cole Holcomb train here. Led the game in tackles with eight uh, combined tackles. That's between both teams. Obviously had the pick six and then was a part of the coverage plan uh, against Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously not doing it alone, but in this game, Ezekiel Elliott targeted out of the backfield six times, only had one catch. Cole Holcomb, a part of that uh, defense against one of the better running backs still. I know he's not healthy, so he's not quite all the way there. Uh, but still one of the better backs in the NFL, someone you have to account for. And and Holcomb, I think, from an individual standpoint, had a very good day. Um, just one note on the pick six by Cole Holcomb, and you're right, you absolutely call that. And I I, I remember that quickly on uh from Thursday night or you know, from Thursday night when we recorded for the Friday and, and the final show of the week. Uh so kudos to you, uh, because I don't think we've actually nailed one of those like uh, bold prediction things and I believe that was the first uh, full one that uh, th- that you or I nailed. So kudos. Um, but real quickly, if if Dak Prescott rolls out a little bit, I talked to somebody uh, after the game. If Dak Pre- Prescott rolls just a little bit more to his right, they have Dalton Schultz for about a 40, 50 yard gain. So that's how you know little difference there is between making a huge play for Washington versus making a potentially huge play for Dallas. Um, my player of the game is going to be Deron Payne had the big sack also caused pressure on another sack that he, I don't think he got necessarily credit for. Uh, he was probably their most dominant defensive lineman today. I need more out of Deron Payne than I usually get, uh, but it was good to see with John Allen a little bit banged up still uh, and also a key false start or I should say defensive offsides. Uh, inside the red zone that Deron Payne stepped up. So that's my player of the game. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for making today's episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. If you have questions or topics you want us to discuss, call in on the voicemail line, 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577 or Locked On WFTPod at gmail.com. Coming up later on this week, we'll have a crossover episode as we get you ready for for the Eagles. Also, we will get more in-depth on what led to this 27-20 to 20 loss for the Washington football team. Plus, we might have word on who the quarterback will be next Sunday in Philadelphia. That's going to do it for us. Uh, Washington football team fans, thanks again for joining us. For David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. We'll be back again throughout the week right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.